0: Made Cause I got lots of issues too But that shit ain't nothing new to you Felt you know, down, use my shoulder, as a tissue Like someone I need to address to you I'll wake up, I'm still high, next to you Getting undress less us do the lights in the room Bleak I guess I could make some real Three words for you, baby, I love But I only got half a heart to give Cause the other part got broken when I was a kid And I wish I could put my heart on the shelf But it's hard to give it to someone When I don't love myself Hello everybody, before we get into the episode, I just want to let you know that this is actually last week's episode. If you'd like access to this week's episode, you can subscribe to the Patreon. You get lots of cool bonuses when you subscribe to the Patreon, and that includes getting episodes a week before everybody else. You also get access to video episodes, so you can see my face while I'm talking about stuff. On top of that, the Patreon subscribers also get an exclusive extra hour of the podcast every week. Um, This week's with my guest R.I.P. Anna, the second hour of the podcast uh, actually I think was the best part. So subscribe to the Patreon to get that extra hour of content every single week and content a week early. There's also other fun bonuses that go with it, and you can go see those clicking the Patreon link in the bio. Let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Jewish Jasmine T. And this has helped me name this podcast. Um, You might've noticed that I look like a complete dumpster fire. So interesting that you ask, thank you. So polite, you guys are the best. Um, I bit my lip in my sleep like a bunch of times and I've been trying to give up picking at my fingernails and it's making me pick at my chest instead. So that's those two things. Um, I also have so many things to do at once that I haven't showered in three days. So it's gonna be really easy for me to not look in the viewfinder today because it's horrifying. Um, While I film today, I am going to be doing my makeup because I need to multitask in some way and it's also been requested, so win-win. Everybody wins. And let's do this, okay. So guys, why am I so busy, you might ask? You guys are asking me so many questions today. That's so sweet of you. Um, I'm trying to set up my Patreon, and I didn't exactly realize how much work that entails the initial setup. I'm sure once I've got it going and I'm into the timing of everything, it won't be as time-consuming once I get used to it, but the first week is a lot. Also, did anybody else know it costs $500 a year to upload video content to Patreon? Hello? Like, isn't the platform for creators who don't, like, who need more money? Like, who aren't making enough money? Like, isn't that the point? It's because the reason it costs $500, it's not given to Patreon, it's given to Vimeo, which is the service that, like, I don't, I'm not good at technology. It's the service that, like, plays the video. Like, the, the video obviously is on Patreon, But the software that it plays from is Vimeo. And in order to upload more than like five minutes of content, you need to get a subscription to that service. And it's like $500 a year. So it's fine. I didn't need to eat this week. Honestly, that's the truth. I'm going to my hometown for a few days. So I don't need to eat. I'll be good. I always have trouble eating when I'm back there. So it'll be fine. And this is me putting foundation only on my chin because I'm breaking out there. Um, fuck me. Fuck me, guys. I also haven't posted in a few days. Um, One... Obviously, I'm super busy, and it takes more time than you would expect. And two, honestly, I don't really want to post with what's going on with Israel and Palestine right now. I wouldn't be posting about it, but just me posting it all, I would get a bunch of comments about it. And fucking death threats. And I just don't want to submit myself to that. I honestly think that we as a society don't put our mental health like high up enough on our list and as someone with extra mental health problems, I just don't want to like choose to have to go through that. It's insane that that is a problem and let me explain why it's a problem. Obviously, Israel should not be fucking bombing people and air striking people who they're supposed to be, like, should be allies with. Like, Semites really should be helping each other, not fucking bombing each other, obviously. And the actions of the Israeli government are horrifying. But you know how I said Israeli government? and not the actions of Israel and that's the thing is when you're talking about other wars you'll say the actions of the United States, the actions of China and a lot of the time that's fine but in the case of Israel the Jewish people are blamed over and over again throughout history for things the Jewish people didn't do And saying Israel and not the Israeli government, in a lot of people's minds, even good people, it just, it puts, it puts this little thought in their head about Jewish people. Even though the Jewish people don't get to vote on whether or not we bomb Palestine, obviously then we wouldn't. The Jewish people don't want this. Especially international Jewish people, but Israeli Jewish people as well. Um, And the thing about that is that putting that on the Jewish population in general is really dangerous. And I've seen that in my life already. And I live in a really safe place. So I can't imagine what it's like for the Jewish people in bigger cities right now. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm very worried about. That's why I really don't want to post. And you'll, you can notice that throughout history when... You know, governments do things and Jewish people live there. Oh, it can be blamed on Jewish people a lot of the time. And it's been a trope for so many hundreds of years that it's kind of hard to just stop thinking that way. And we're also taught to associate the Jewish population in general so heavily with Israel, when in reality it's not just Jewish people that live in Israel, and it's also not just Muslim people who live in Palestine, there's people of all religions on both sides of this conflict and their governments are fucking them. And the Israeli government in particular is fucking the international Jewish population into being hate crimed. The number one, the number one subsection of hate crimes in Canada for three years running now has been anti-Semitic hate crimes, and I would like to point out that I don't think that's right. I'm a hundred percent sure that it's Native American people, um, but the it's that situation is so dire that the police don't even record the incidents. So I would I would say number two, because um, Native American people are absolutely treated like garbage in this country and they're hate-crimed on such an astronomical level. Um, And not only are they hate-crimed on an astronomical level, but the police then don't take them seriously. And then they have to read articles about Jewish people being the most hate-crimed race in Canada and be like, that doesn't sound right. And as a Jewish person, yeah, you're right, that doesn't fucking sound right, because it's not. But anyways, anti-Semitic hate crimes are on the rise in every country you check. And that is not a coincidence. They're not just on the rise. They don't just happen to be on the rise when the Israel conflict is in the news. It's not a coincidence. Whenever the conflict of Israel and Palestine is in the news cycle again... It puts Jewish people who have nothing to do with it in a lot of danger, and that's because of the way we talk about it. We need to use more (laughs) selective language, I would say. Oh my god, this is going to make my voice sound so weird. Um, For anybody watching listening on audio and not on the video on Patreon, I'm putting foundation on my neck right now, the beauty blender, so that means I'm hitting my neck a bunch of times, so that's why I sound like a robot. Just one second. Um, Yeah, we need to choose our words more carefully. Fuck, I can't talk about such a serious thing while I sound like that. My name is Jasmine. No, fuck, my god. Okay, I think that's blended in. Um, When we're talking about the conflict, we need to consciously use language that separates the Israeli government from the Jewish people. And we don't do this with all wars. And you might go, you know, why specifically this one? Am I supposed to have to watch my language and be so careful? Um, If I do it for this conflict, shouldn't I do it for all of them? And I personally do, um, unless a country has a big problem with patriotism, the United States. uh, When there's a country with so many people who support the war, um, then I'll go, you know, oh, the U.S. is tightening sanctions in Syria, so-and-so, because so much of the U.S. would vote yes if they got a chance. But in the case of the Israel-Palestine conflict, that is not the case. Um, The Israeli people don't, don't want to be doing this. And if it was up to them, they wouldn't be. So the next time you go to talk about it, just try to separate the Jewish population from the Israeli government. That's all I'm saying. Because you honestly never really know who you're talking to. You could be talking to someone who doesn't know much about the Jewish people and is therefore really susceptible to inaccuracy. And that's the thing. We think of inaccuracies as, you know, these people who read, you know, Facebook articles about anti-vaxxing and anti-Semitism and end up having all of these shit opinions because of it, but sometimes anti-Semitic hate crimes happen because of lack of education. And that's that's just the truth. The only part of Jewish history that we teach in schools is the Holocaust. And while lots of that does help, um, there has been like 2,000 of years of the persecution of Jewish people before that. And that means that When they hear a neo-Nazi undercover, because we did talk about how, you know, incels go undercover, neo-Nazis do the same thing. And they use something called dog whistles. And dog whistles are the same thing that we talked about with the incels the other week. Um, It's It's language that they use that is disguised as being normal language so that they can talk in public. And... Obviously, that's dangerous and that's scary, but if somebody's uneducated and the only thing about Jewish people that they know is in reference to the Holocaust, because that's the only thing that their school would teach them, um, it means that they're susceptible to Jewish tropes. And a lot of the tropes that neo-Nazis push about Jewish people is they'll say, if the Jewish people aren't slimy and you know, no good and just out for our money and don't care about anyone but themselves, then how come they've been kicked out of every country that they've been in? That's a very common neo-Nazi trope. And if you're not educated about the Jewish people and the history of our persecution, that can sound like a good argument. That's the thing. And that's why it's so important to talk about this conflict and remove... Jewish people from the Israeli government in that context. It just is. It's really important. Um, Okay, I'm going to put my first line of eyeliner on, and I need to focus on this really hard. Um, People listening via via audio. People listening via audio. um, I'm doing my makeup with nothing but an eyeliner brush. I'm doing the rest of it with, like, cream products. Um, because I don't want to clean my brushes, and you you know what? That's okay. And TBH, I would recommend doing um, all cream looks, because powder dries out your skin, and it also um, doesn't last throughout the day quite like cream does. Um, And not, I don't mean last in sense maybe you think I mean I mean last and like look good like powder will stay on your face throughout the day um you know powder blush and powder contour and whatnot uh but the more the day goes on the longer you're wearing it the less good it looks where cream that doesn't happen cream doesn't flake off like powder does so there's that and focusing really hard I'm used to like holding a camera while doing my eyeliner because TikTok, but I'm not used to talking while doing my eyeliner because I do the voiceovers for my TikToks afterwards. I'm not just like talking while doing my makeup ever, but I guess on the podcast, I probably will. Um, And you might ask, Jasmine, why do you need to do your makeup today? Why are you doing this? And I would say, thank you so much for asking me another question. You guys are so insightful today. And I appreciate you. And then I would say, well, I signed a contract with a wig company one month ago today. And in the contract, it says I need to make two Instagram posts wearing the wig um, in the first month of being a partner with them. And I haven't done any, so I need to post two Instagram pictures today in this wig, or I'm breaching my contract. So, yay! I'm so good at all this stuff I do. Um, and maybe now you're asking, Jasmine, why did you put off the post so long? It seems weird to do that. Why would you do that? And I would tell you, well, I like my hair. I like my hair, and... Every time I did my makeup really well, I didn't feel like covering it up with a wig. You know, I feel like a wig distracts from my makeup. That's just me, personally. Um, So I kept going, no, next time. I'll put the wig on next time because this makeup is so good. Whatever. Um, And that just meant that I kept not fucking doing it. Also, I just put eyeliner on before blending out my eyeshadow, so let's blend that out. I know that that's, like, a makeup no-no, but fuck it, right? The one thing I learned in makeup school that really helped me was, um, rules are made up. Rules are made up. That's, that's the truth. There's nothing that you can't do. You can do your makeup however you feel friggin' want to. Um, And I'm tired of, what would you call it even? Technique shaming. I'm tired of technique shaming in the makeup community. Um, People apply their makeup differently, you know? Get over it. It's not a big deal. (laughs) It's really not. There's no other form of, oh, actually, no, I'm gonna apply this not just to makeup. I think in all forms of art, we need to stop technique shaming. Other than like dance and shit, because obviously you need the technique taught to you for dance. Um, but I consider dance a sport, and this is an argument that I've had with men over and over. It's so interesting when I ask women, "Is ballet? Do you think ballet is a sport or an art?" Women say sport. And every time a man is there, he says, art. And I find that really interesting. And I haven't quite figured out why that is. I haven't put that much thought into it. Let's think out loud why that could be. Hmm. One thing that's been really interesting that I've been thinking about in my head recently is how gay women and straight men look at women so much differently. Because as a bisexual woman, when I see, you know, like a girl I think is attractive in public and my boyfriend's there, I'm like, that girl's hot. And like 70% of the time he's like, wow, we have really different tastes. And (laughs) that's interesting to me because we chose each other. So you'd think we would have very similar taste, but I think subconsciously men look at women like they look at porn and women look at women like they look at art when women look at other women they don't see (sighs) when women look at other women they don't see conventional beauty standards they see how interesting her top is and how much time she must have spent on those braids and How her necklace has an anime character on it and that's super interesting to you and you want to learn more. And maybe when a guy looks at the same girl, he goes, Meh, she looks weird a lot of the time. Or just, meh, she's not super hot. And that's the thing. Men just look at women differently. I'm not exactly sure how to describe it. Like, I find a woman attractive because I can see her personality. Does that make sense? If I look at a woman and I'm like, she looks like she would be so much fun. And like, we would have so much fun. Where a guy doesn't think that, I don't think, as far as I know. Um, Let's do the next eye of eyeliner. But back to ballet, why is it that men don't consider it a sport? I think it's because it's not violent, honestly. I think they consider things that are violent sports, and they don't really associate non-violent things as sports. I mean, imagine full-contact ballet. It's ballet, except you have to fucking punch each other in the jaw while you're doing it. No, like, that's not going to happen. And I, I get that, like, there is the exception. Like, soccer isn't, soccer isn't violent usually. But it's like, fuck, how do I describe it? It's violent in the way of what they're doing. Like, what they're doing isn't inherently violent but it has enough potential for violence that it's still interesting for men to watch. And there's no potential for violence in ballet. Um, And I think that's why men don't consider it a sport because they associate injury with violence and they associate violence with sports. And they don't really know about how easy it is to get injured dancing. Maybe if they knew that, it would be different, but honestly, I don't think so. I think men need violence for something to be a sport, or at least the potential of violence. I think that's why a lot of men don't take gymnastics seriously, too, actually. Even though it's, like, the hardest sport you could choose, um, a lot of men are like, oh, that shit's gay, and it's because there's no potential for socking each other in the face, and that fucking sucks. Because honestly, and this is controversial, so this is just my opinion, but men who grow up, boys who grow up playing violent sports, in my experience, I don't like who they are when they're adults. Because I've had friends who I was friends with as a like young child who you know played football or played rugby, and the older we got the more violent and sexist and just unenjoyable and hyper-masculine their presence got, the older we got. And it just made me not want to be friends with them anymore. I just, I haven't found men who grew up playing violent sports as enjoyable. Like, my boyfriend's a soccer player. And as I mentioned, that's kind of the least violent... that a man can choose and still be, like, appreciated by other men as being masculine. So, I'm not saying don't put your kids in football, don't put your kids in rugby. I'm just saying, like, what, I don't know, I'm obviously not a parenting expert, I have no children, but from my experience with men and watching men of this generation in this setting grow up um i would just recommend keeping an eye on them and their behavior towards their small their small little behaviors towards you know the girls in their class that's all i'm saying because i've seen so many nice guys from my preschool and elementary school turn into jackasses just the biggest jackasses after joining a rugby team and it's so strange because i haven't found the same thing in women at all i've found more violent sports to be empowering for women who join them and i think it's because women aren't expected to be violent and they're not inherently violent you know that's not something that's expected for them so when they play a violent sport They're kind of sticking it to the man and they're proving a point, you know, even if that's not why they joined the sport, they are, by doing that sport, proving a point. And that's empowering. But there's nothing empowering for men about playing a violent sport. It's what they're expected to do. That's just the truth. You can't really argue with that, really. Men are expected to play violent sports and to enjoy that. Oh God, I like, I don't know if I ever, like if I ever had kids, I have reasons to not want each gender. I'm like, I don't want a boy because I'm terrified of raising like a man that I've been complaining about for my whole life. Like I've been complaining about a certain type of men type of man what if I raise one of those like that would be devastating I couldn't handle that but then I'm also like I don't want a girl because girls have it way too hard (laughs) and I like don't want to bring something into the world knowing it's gonna suffer and that just leaves me with uh you know gender non-binary, or agender, but the percentage chances of being lucky enough to have a child who, one, knows themselves well enough to be comfortable in their gender non-binary description, (laughs) and two, just the statistics are not on my side with the probability of that. So, that just kind of leaves me with i don't want to raise either gender both sound like they have nightmarish aspects to them um if you're listening on audio this doesn't apply but for you guys on video i know my eyeliner looks fucking crazy and way too big and way too thin but trust me you have to trust the process i think that's like a comment i get So often it's insane. Just comments that are like, wow, I really had to trust the process with this one. And it's like, yeah, my makeup looks crazy at first. And that's because we don't need to follow fucking all the techniques. You know, I'm not makeup by Mario. I'm not doing fucking Kylie Jenner's lipstick. I'm not Ew! Could you imagine? That's somebody I would never work for a Kardashian. I could not. I feel too guilty, first of all, with the amount of cultural appropriation that they've been involved in. And that's maybe something we should discuss. The difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. And I think it basically boils down to, for me, um, if you can do or wear um, something from another culture without being scrutinized by society for doing or wearing that thing, um, but the, the culture of the original creator of that can't do it without being scrutinized, um, then it's cultural appropriation. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if that if that wording makes sense. I'm talking about, okay, here's a good example. People will be like, why are box braids cultural appropriation? I just want to braid my hair, like, all over my head, like these beautiful black women do. Like, I just think they're beautiful, and I want to look like, I want to look beautiful too. And it's like, that's great that you want to look beautiful, but (laughs) the thing is that black women still get very scrutinized and very... Definitely workplace harassment is a problem with um, with black women's hair a lot. If you go to apply for a job, you're more likely to get it if your hair is chemically altered to be straight as a black woman. So if you use your privilege take advantage of another person's culture and it's part of a person's culture that they don't get to experience the way you do that's just it just doesn't feel right like Brittany can't be covering her head in her blonde little box braids when the black woman that inspired her to get them doesn't get to feel safe when wearing them, you know? That's just not right. That, that for me, is the line between appreciation and appropriation. And I'm sure that there's other ways to determine that, and there's probably some instances where that doesn't apply. I'm sure that I'm not fully right on that, I mean, because I didn't hear that from anyone that, or any study or anything like that. It's just a thing that I thought a while ago. So, I mean, that, maybe that doesn't apply to everything. But to me, that kind of does it. Um, and that's, I think, fair. I think fair. I think, honestly, an example of the other way around I would give is nose piercings. Um, Nose piercings have been worn by East Indian women for so so long. It's a huge part of their culture, their piercings. And um, for a long time their piercings were looked down on and their nose piercings were unacceptable by society. Um, But now nobody is really scrutinized for their nose piercing In a normal place. You know, I worked at a golf course with a bunch of old white men located at it, so they found nose piercings still kind of, you know, out there somehow. But um, society accepts that everybody can wear a nose ring. An Indian woman isn't going to be scrutinized more than a white woman for wearing a nose piercing anymore. And that means that society has gotten to a point with a part of their culture, um, where it's been fully accepted and integrated into society. So that's why we don't see getting a nose piercing as cultural appropriation. Does that make sense? I feel like, I feel like I'm making sense, (laughs) but I honestly can't tell sometimes. Hi everybody, I've got a bunch of deals going on right now, and I wanted to let you guys know what you can get discounts on using my codes. You can use code JasmineT on GlamDivine.com to get 15% off of a jade roller or a pore cleanser. Both of those are very in right now in the skincare industry, and I would recommend them. You can also use code T to get 15% off all products from Sweet V Jewelry. Um, They sell all their products on Amazon and code T gets you 15% off. They sell crowns, earrings, hair accessories, belts, you name it if it's jewelry. They have it and my code makes it even more affordable. And it starts off affordable anyways at only $12 for some beautiful earrings. So go check it out. I think the deal I'm the most excited about getting for you guys, though, is on these colored contacts. I've been having a lot of fun with colored contacts recently, so I was very happy when uh, tie-dye reached out to me about a collaboration. Uh, The deal I've got for you guys is really good. You can use code JASMINT to get 15% off one pair, or you can get 40% off of four. So I'm pretty excited about that deal. Um, they are great contact lenses. I will link in the description down below the site to tie dye. And I would highly recommend their contact lenses. I barely noticed they're there. And once you get used to putting them in, it's not too hard. And this last little ad read is just for myself. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch and YouTube for extra content. And if you want extra, extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon to get an hour of extra content every single week. As well as these episodes in video format and other uh, bonuses like a uh, group chat with me in it. Um, and access to my private TikTok page where I'll follow you back on. So if you would like to dive even deeper, um, you can get into the Patreon party. Um, anyways, nice little talk about cultural appropriation, but at the end of the day, it's not up to me what is and isn't cultural appropriation. Each different thing is a completely separate issue um like i did not understand when fox eye makeup which is just makeup that we've been doing forever where the eyeshadow goes outwards more to make your eye look longer i i did not understand why that was cultural appropriation of asian women because I've just been taught it was so normal. And then, you know, I listened to Asian women talk about why it is. And I learned something. And <laughs> understood. Like, it's not hard to... If you're like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so out of it today. Let's take a sip of iced coffee. It's not hard to... And I think oh my god, it's not hard to, and I think, but sometimes, um, you know what I mean? (laughs) Fuck, this is a great podcast, I'm so glad you're listening. Um, I think we frown upon asking people why something is the way it is more than we need to, you know? We see Kim Kardashian do Um, two inverted braids on her head and call it boxer braids, Um, when those braids have been part of the black community's culture for a long time, and they're not called boxer braids. If you maybe see that and go, well, braids are braids, I don't understand, a lot of people will go, well, braids are braids, I don't understand, and then move on. But I think it's really important to go braids or braids I don't understand, and then instead of moving on, go learn. It's just, it's not normalized for some reason to keep learning into your adulthood and to ask for information when you need it. And a great example is one of my best friends, Bray, Instagram messaged me the other day this like, um... I don't know how to describe, but you know how you can, like, upload multiple pictures at once on Instagram? You can, like, slide pictures? Anyways, it was one of those, and it was talking about the Israel-Palestine conflict, but it was doing it in a way that was definitely putting blame on the Jewish population um, instead of solely on the Israeli government which we talked about earlier, and he messaged me and he went, this feels kind of anti-semitic, but I can't figure out why. And that is perfectly fine to ask someone. I would way rather somebody send me something and ask me something about it than just go on with their day assuming it for themselves, not being part of that culture, and just seeing it and deciding right away without learning. So, of course, I was like, yes, it definitely is. And here's why. And then he walked away from this conversation with this new knowledge that he can now use and that will benefit him and any Jewish person he comes in contact with. And all all that needed to happen was to ask. It's so easy to just ask. And if you have nobody of the culture you need to ask a question of, one, You can do research, because there are a lot of creators like me, and creators like me answer these questions publicly. A lot of the time I'll get questions like this in my comment section, and I'll answer them publicly. And then they show up when you Google things. So you can look up this stuff too. I mean, it's not as good as getting it, you know, straight from the source. And you do have to keep in mind that one person of a culture doesn't represent the entirety of that culture and there will be other people in their community who disagree with them, but it's still like, it's still important to have the base knowledge of, of the issue instead of just moving on. And it's better to hear the opinion from one person of that culture than zero. Even though that person isn't a speaker for their entire community, it's better to hear it from one person than none. And if you don't have one person of that culture to ask, like I was saying before, there's also things like, uh, what's it called? Like Yahoo Answers kind of things. And there's subreddits where you can ask questions like that. There's places all over the internet where you can ask questions like that. And people of that culture respond, um, and that that can be a really helpful tool in situations like this. And it doesn't take that long either. You can like go. This Asian woman is saying that this eyeliner is cultural appropriation. I don't understand why. You can just go Reddit.com, type in a question to a subreddit and then go on with your day and come back to it, and there's a large possibility you'll come back to a really helpful answer. And another good way to learn things like this is um, you could try to message someone like myself. You could try to message somebody who you know is well-versed in topics like this and see if they they've already had these conversations with people of that culture and what information they can pass along to you a lot of the time that works as well um i definitely do that a lot there's no information i learned that i keep my mouth shut about and all of my boyfriend's straight white cis (laughs) male friends um they don't hear the end of it just because i like them And I know they aren't the men I'm talking about, doesn't mean I'm going to teach them about the men I'm talking about, so that next time they come across one, they can call him out. Because that's the thing. Men don't see sexism when it's happening. And even a lot of women don't notice the sexism that's being imparted on them a lot of the time. And teaching people about giving people the information to properly defend either themselves or their female friends or coworkers or family members. That's, like, that's a huge thing to give somebody. Giving someone the knowledge or resource to properly emotionally protect somebody that they care about, that's a really important thing to give someone. And being able to give someone that means asking questions. You can't become a person who has answers to tough questions like this if you don't ask questions. You have to ask questions yourself before you can answer them for others. And answering them for others is le- one of the most important things, I think, that you can do as an activist. because that's how societies change education education is how societies change and there's some things that just aren't a part of our education system and might not be for a lot of decades or maybe never will be and they're things that we learn by being alive there's lots of things that we all learn just from going about our day-to-day life and we let stuff pass us by. We don't see through other people's eyes what their day-to-day life is like. And asking questions about their day-to-day life and how these stigmas affect them, that helps us learn... That helps us learn life lessons without having to live them. And that's so important. That's... (laughs) That's how societies change. You know? The the more you can see into other people's shoes, the more... The, the more... Fucking... Oh my god. The more... Accept... The more accepting you are of... Believing these injustices are real. Because that is super common. Just thinking these injustices aren't real. That is so insanely common, which to me obviously is fucking crazy that you can see an entire community of people telling you something is happening and be like, no, they're wrong. They're wrong about themselves. I'm right. <laughs> I, I will just never understand that. If I don't understand something, but I see that an entire community of, of people is trying to get me to understand something. Um, and trying to get everybody to understand something, I can't imagine being like, no, they're wrong about themselves. I'm going to disregard this. That will never make sense to me. That's so fucking crazy. That's so crazy. That's so fucking insane. Thinking that you know more about someone's culture than them? Like, if you could see yourself in their shoes, like it's so important to do... Maybe you wouldn't think that way. I don't know. There's been a lot of talk in recent, you know, culture and society. Get a load of this society. About about this kind of thing. About cultural appropriation and what is and isn't appropriate to borrow from other cultures. And it's a hard discussion to have. It's really hard to tell. But basically, all I'm saying is it doesn't have to be hard to tell. Just ask. It's free to just ask. And then you get knowledge that you can pass on. And then you don't become a bystander to racist behavior. Because then you run into somebody who didn't ask and just wore the thing or did the thing. And you can point out to them, and now you have the knowledge of what it is about what they're doing that makes it cultural appropriation. And you wouldn't have had that if you didn't ask. So just ask. And I think a lot of people also think about cultural appropriation, like, yeah, it's there, but who's it hurting? Who's it hurting, though? People don't find movements valid unless somebody's hurting because of it. And while I don't think that that should be necessary, I don't want an entire community of people to be hurting before something is done. But by going, you know, who's cultural appropriation hurting? That's another thing that's valid to ask. Um... And the answer is the entire community of people um, being scrutinized for your braids or your dreadlocks and losing jobs over it, not getting hired over it and having your significant other's family not trust you over it. Because these are things that black women go through because of their hair. And I know that because of my asking and inquiries. Inquisitive? inquisitivism? Is that a word? Inquisitivism? I think it is. Anyways, because of that knowledge I obtained by not being scared to ask, I know that the things that black women go through because of their hair make their daily lives less safe. And that's true. And I can relate to that A little bit on a much smaller scale in the sense that I feel safer in public spaces when my hair is straightened and that's based on like experiences I had in high school but they've carried over into my adult life and I associate straight hair and having no frizz with professionalism in my head for myself for others, I don't. But in my own head, I think, I'm going to a job interview, I need to straighten my hair. And these are things that, if you just have pin straight hair, you wouldn't think about. But that's a source of anxiety for so many people. And anyways, who's it hurting? These people are asking. Um, when a black woman is going through all of these daily anxieties in the back of their heads and the outwards racism and the microaggressions of racism towards them because of their hair and then they see a white woman doing it and getting nothing but praise and getting treated better than they ever have with in in regards to that subject that hurts that's disrespectful They see that and they think, these same people that push me aside and scrutinize me for wearing my hair the way that my culture has been wearing it for hundreds of years, those same people are treating this girl like some kind of revolutionary, like she invented these braids. And that's just disrespectful. And the right talks about respect so much. They talk about respecting the flag and respecting your elders, respecting your government. Okay, if you care about respect so much, then you should care about cultural appropriation because there's a large component of respect in it. Sorry, that's just the truth. Who's it hurting? Everyone. (laughs) It's hurting everybody whose culture you're stealing it from because... You've now created an uh, you've now created an environment of disrespect around the subject and around whatever you're stealing. And a lot of the time you'll see um, things stolen from people of color by a white person, and the white person gets credit for it. Like bantu knots, or I'm very sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but bantu knots, these little buns that black women will um, put all over their head and put mousse in first or gel, and when they take them out, um, their curl pattern is different. And women have been using bantu knots uh, for so, so long, for an insanely long time. And then Kim Kardashian puts them in, and they obviously don't do anything to her hair because it's fucking straight. Um, And then Kim Kardashian wears them, and everybody's calling them, uh, like, something buns, like, a full head of space buns, and giving her credit for this new trend. It's not a new trend. It's not a new trend. She stole it from people who are still scrutinized for using it, even though it's theirs. She stole it. And she didn't correct anyone. <laughs> and that's the thing. It, it would still be a problem, but it would be a bit less of a problem if she corrected people when they give her credit for something that's existed for hundreds of years. But no. She does take credit for it. She is fine with that. And that is wrong. Um, I'm now going to be putting an insane amount of eyeliner on. Thanks for tuning into the podcast this week, everybody, and, you know, listen to me ramble on about cultural appropriation and all sorts of things. Uh, Having discussions like that is definitely a choice that not everybody makes, so thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to hear the other half of this episode, an entire extra hour, you can head over to the Patreon, the link is in the bio, and there is a full extra hour of this podcast. There's also next week's podcast already up on the Patreon, because patrons get their podcasts a week earlier than everyone else. And next week's podcast has my guest, RIP Anna, on it. She is great. I was so happy to have her. So if you want to get a hold of that, you can sub to the Patreon. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in, and I love you guys. Bye. When well, I'm with you, the sky's the only thing that's blue. Fuck bad days, only want to hear good news. Good Let's news. get high lights up the altitude. us relax, and enjoy the view. like I got the fluid. I only got help. For hard to give Cause the other part got broken When I was a kid And I wish I could put my heart on the shelf But it's hard to give to someone When I don't love myself no, I don't love When myself. I don't love myself